1: Hi there and welcome to this special edition of the Explaining History podcast. Um, today I'm privileged enough to have a, a guest on the show, uh, Lucy Parsons, who is a, an exam and study expert and the uh, creator of lifemoreextraordinary.com, um, a website dedicated to bringing out the very best in uh, students and what they can do and creating uh, attainment um, in exams and uh, university uh, entry. So um, what we're going to do today is we're going to focus this session exclusively on uh, bringing out the, the, the very best for history students and talking about how you can uh, plan prepare and study uh, to the, uh, the to your kind of your real potential for those all-important exams that are coming at the end of the uh of the summer term okay without further ado i want to introduce lucy um hi lucy how are you doing hi
2: there nick i'm really well thank you it's
1: good to uh good to have you on the show um could you give us a little, a bit of info about um, your story, about um, how you came to be providing the, the service you do, and um, you know what what you do in essence. <sighs>
2: Okay, well, my story it starts a long time ago, really, when I was nine years old. And um, I went for a family day trip to Cambridge. And um, it was while I was walking around the great court of Trinity College in Cambridge, I decided that I wanted to study there, which sounds a bit silly for a nine-year-old, but that's what happened. And um, I spent the next nine years working out how to make it happen. I wasn't a particularly exceptional student. I went to my local village primary school and two local. At comprehensive schools, um, but I worked out step by step how to get to Cambridge, and um, this really involved working out an exam strategy that really worked. So, when I took my A levels, I got five A's in my A levels, and I went and I did get into Cambridge and I studied geography there for three years, and then later on I became a geography teacher. But um, I've got two children, and when the youngest one was born, I didn't go back to work, but I still mm-hmm. wanted to be involved in education, and so really what I'm doing now my website the coaching that I do with students and my book the 10 step Guide to Acing every exam you ever take all came out of this desire to be of service to um, people who are currently in education who really want to get the top grades and into the best universities a bit like I did back in the day <laughs>
1: yeah. well that's that's pretty inspiring in that um one of the things I've talked to, um, a lot about on particularly on Facebook with the students that I have Is that um, accessing those top grades is really about um, you know daily practice and about (laughs) dedication. Uh, and about doing the little things on a daily basis, not necessarily the big dramatic things once every so often. And I think from what you're telling me, um, your story bears that out in that you got, to the, got, you got the university grades that you wanted. Mm-hmm. But it was um, by, you know, daily action and, and doing things gradually over a long period of time.
2: Definitely. It was definitely a long-term game. I really the concerted action really started kind of around this time in the school year when I was in year 11 and um, we went to school and my head teacher said that you should be studying for at least two and a half hours every evening. And at that time I was doing nothing like it. And I came home and I was like, right, how am I going to make this happen? Because I need these grades if I'm going to achieve my ambition. And at the time I watched Neighbours and Home and Away every night. I think they're both still on telly. And, um, I decided, right, I'm not going to watch them anymore. That's an hour a day I can get back for studies. And it started from there. And then when I started the sixth form, I thought, okay, I was studying the four subjects plus general studies. And I just thought, how am I going to... Get these top grades, and I four nights a week I studied for four hours a night, and um, throughout the sixth form, and then more at the weekends. I always took Friday nights off because I was too tired by that point. But it was just consistent, constant action yeah. working towards getting those grades, and that was really the most underlying thing to, m- to my own success.
1: Because I've always been of the belief that there's no academic problem out there history, math, geography, or whatever. That, that can't withstand persistent action
2: uh-huh.
1: and, yeah. and big persistent action um that um any anything can be any any skill can be learned any practice any problem can be solved by um repetition um but there is something else isn't there that you can you can repeat the wrong stuff yes i mean this is this is something that that's also the case as you can you you can mislearn things. Uh-huh. If you were uh, uh, if you had a student who had an immense amount of passion and dedication, they want to um, get into the university of their choice, and they're willing to put in the hours. Yeah. But there's the the possibility that they that they might spend waste a lot of that time. By uh, pursuing, um, you know, the, the wrong stuff. Yeah. How how do you help to kind of guide that student towards, um, you know, more more effective answers? What what would you do?
2: Okay, well, I, hard work is one thing, but what you really need to do is reflect on your performance. So, for example, when you get a marked piece of work back from a teacher, you look at the comments, you look at the marks, if you've got access to the mark scheme, you look at the mark scheme, and you really need to understand why you're getting the marks you're getting, and why you're not getting the marks you're not getting. And when you understand that process, I call it learning to think like an examiner, (laughs) Um, you make progress all the time, because you're constantly being analytical of your own performance, and you're at least understanding what you can do next. And even if you don't completely successfully manage to do it next time you do a piece of work, you might do it the time after that. And it's all about a process of learning, not just learning your subject, but learning how to convey what you know about that subject over a period of time. And that belief definitely not having that fixed belief like i'm bad at maths or i'm brilliant at history it's all about i'm constantly learning and growing and mm. improving
1: we live in a culture that is um obsessed by the idea of, of success and also uh-huh. on the other hand is obsessed by the fear of failure definitely. um and i i'm of the opinion that we actually have to embrace not we have to lose this word failure mm. Yeah. but we are, are getting things wrong are sometimes our are falls, our stumbles, our trips we need to embrace those and we need to be really happy with them um, not because, partly because they're a part of like the, the kind of the organic whole of a human being. None uh-huh. of none of us are Mister Data from Star Trek. We're not. <laughs> we're not automatons. <laughs> we're not robots. No, no. <laughs> no. But also, um, would you agree that um, part of getting it right is getting it wrong? And
2: definitely, and getting it wrong it's not about failing it's about learning from your mistakes and I, it's a, a quote a book I read it's about taking the wrong turn in the right direction sometimes your mistakes the obstacles that you face the adversity that you have is a well usually it's a better teacher than the things that go well for you yeah. so when things go badly when you get a bad mark or things don't turn, turn out as you like whether that in your studies or in the rest of your life try to look at for the opportunity in it and try to learn from it and then you can move forwards in a much more constructive way and often the things that go badly it's like a sign telling you maybe this is the wrong road, or maybe you went about this in the wrong way and it can set you on the right track if you look at it and listen to it closely enough
1: yeah and obviously this is a stressful time of year um for um students i mean i'm gonna have to go back quite a long way now to remember my a levels um (laughs) you know i've but it's it's difficult isn't it um to 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 um reassure people going through this this period um about the um uh, you know about exam stress because it can be really overwhelming um, for the students that you have who, who do feel stressed, how do you help them manage those and un- un- difficult feelings?
2: Um, I think when you're feeling stressed, there's two things. Well, basically, stress is a waste of energy, so that, that's the first thing that I try to make people understand. It's easy to say that, but I think once you realise it and take it on board, then you can do something constructive. So. In- instead of feeling stressed about the situation, how can you redirect that energy towards doing something useful, okay? So, um, you know, what, could you, what kind of revision or preparation work can you usefully put into the exam? And I think a lot of the time students use stress and proc- procrastination they kind of alternate between them as it's like an avoidance tactic of Mm -hmm. doing the work and I think a lot of the time that is because they don't actually know how to get started or how to achieve their goals and so the very first thing I would say to avoid stress is to begin (laughs) and beginning is the most important thing and then it's all about breaking down the task so that you can Measure it out, and you can see that it's achievable, and you've got a plan to stick to going forwards.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, beginning is um, such a such a crucial thing. Um, I know this because I am an appalling procrastinator. Um, <laughs> I will I would admit this, and, and this you know, I, I find the uh, so periodically sometimes the, the the task of sitting down to start something important. Almost unbearable. And I'd be a hypocrite if I said anything else.
2: So one thing I often say to students, it's actually in my book, procrastination is a choice. And when you catch yourself procrastinating, you've got to analyse the reasons for the process. Procrastination, and sometimes it can be because you're tired. Sometimes it can be because you have no idea to do how to do the tasks you need to do. But once you know why you're procrastinating, you can actually do something constructive about yeah. it. And I see so many people just labelling themselves as a procrastinator, and actually not letting themselves move beyond that. And when you realise that it, it's just an avoidance tactic, and yeah. it is a choice. You can make that step forwards and try to wait, try to find a way to solve it.
1: I've um, I become convinced over the years that um, the, the distinction between, say, um, a B and an A or an A and an A star mm-hmm. is are, are very very kind of not minor things, but little things in in essay writing. For example, if you imagine that in any cohort, you know, between a D and a B, you're going to get seventy percent of most of the candidates. Uh-huh. That means to move from from a, a, a B to an A, you have to be doing really the things that the top ten percent are doing. And to move yeah. from an A to an A star, probably the top five percent are yeah. doing. If you were the if you were a B grade candidate uh, writing history essays. What kinds of things do you think really kind of push the needle there that kind of take people from um, the from, the, from the, into the top 10%? What sort of practices?
2: Um, I'll just caveat this with the fact that I'm not a historian, but okay. I have studied an essay writing subject. We
1: may have geographers listening to this as well. You never yeah. know.
2: <laughs> so my first piece of advice is to always make sure that you are answering the question so um you might have The very first thing you should do is have a plan. And every point on that plan in your exam answer should directly answer the question. And you should always almost be signposting back to the examiner that you are answering the question, like referencing the question in the actual words that you're using, like use the words that the question used to answer. So um, you are making it very, very clear that that's what you're doing. Because if you're not answering the question, then you're basically not going to get the top marks. Um, the next thing that you definitely need to do when you're answering the question is to be making some kind of an argument because an essay that doesn't make an argument isn't really an essay at all. No. So um, you need to be have an opinion and stick with that opinion from the introduction throughout the main body and into the conclusion of the essay and be using the knowledge that you have to back up your opinion or your argument throughout the essay. And, you know, that's the way to engage an examiner. I used to be an A-level examiner. And, you know, when I read an essay that had an argument all the way through it, I would be engaged, I would be interested, I would be impressed. Whereas if somebody was kind of skirting around the question, not really answering it and coming up with the occasional facts, but not really um, using the facts to demonstrate an argument, that's when I would switch off and I would begin to think that they were a lower quality candidate.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's it, isn't it? I mean, I was uh, with a a student the other day and... we're talking about a particular topic area and then this sort of related and yet not relevant stuff stuff that if you were studying Nazi Germany you'd know about started Mm -hmm. to kind of drift into the essay and I said to the student well what's that doing there and she said well it's interesting well yes it is certainly it's interesting none of this is boring Um, but if it doesn't address the question if it's not doing the job then it's clutter Yes. And it's like having weeds in the garden. It's it that's a strangle the essay. Yeah, and uh,
2: you lose the argument when yeah. that happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so 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 that's that's really um really important stuff keeping um to the um sticking to the argument and making sure the argument keeps coming back to the um to um to the original point you're you're trying to make.
2: Yeah. And, and I've, and th- th- thing that I would say to get better at that is to always read through your work and it's almost like every sentence be questioning does this serve a purpose is this answering the question and it's when you look back and reflect on what you've written that you can start to critically understand whether your work is good or not so good. Yeah. If you're doing that with reference to the mark scheme, it's going to be even better because like I said earlier, you need to be able to think like an examiner. So when you can read your work with the eyes of an examiner, you will know whether it's good or whether it's bad and you will know before you write a sentence whether you, that sentence is going to serve your purpose or whether it isn't.
1: So from, from what you're saying here, that there's there has to be, and I think you mentioned it early on, a lot of reflective practice Definitely. in what students do, they keep going back and going now why did that, if that did work why did it work and, mm-hmm. uh, and could that be better and I, I think the conclusion of that is that um, you, you um, to, in, to have the time to do all that really studying an A level is, is almost for the year you run up uh, before the exams. almost like a full time job
2: Oh, definitely. You yeah. Know. Yeah. It's hard work. And I think the thing that so many people don't do is give themselves thinking time. Yeah. And they think they need to be busy, busy learning facts, busy writing essays, busy, busy, busy. But actually, having time to think and reflect is just as important in academic work and becoming truly excellent at it yeah. as doing the busy work.
1: Yeah, being able to, um, I mean, my, my own personal work, um, sometimes when I'm starting on a new uh, um, uh, work that I've, I've not done before, um, a okay. yeah, textbook or something like that. Reading a few texts and then sitting back, sometimes with my favorite cup of tea, and just thinking <laughs> about, it, we go, well, what what the hell does all that mean then? Mm-hmm. And allowing the ideas to percolate through and think, ah, ah. And my, your mind is an amazing machine that makes the connections for you.
2: But it doesn't necessarily do it just like that. No. Sometimes you need to give it some time. Yeah. And that's why the thinking time is important.
1: Yeah, so it works on its own timetable, its own mm. schedule. Okay, cool. Great. Well, that that nearly brings us to the end. Um, and I, I think... Um, if there was one message that you wanted to get out there, particularly about your, um, your work uh, and how you can help um, students, um, or a message out that you wanted to get out to students that are, are, are maybe feeling a bit apprehensive, what would it be?
2: Oh, well, the very first thing is to get started. Just get started and do something. Because the sooner you start taking action, the sooner you will start making progress. And it's progress that makes you feel better about yourself. Yeah. Um, The other thing I would say is focus on your weaknesses, because in... When it comes to exams it's one area of life where you can't afford to have weaknesses so really focus on those weaknesses because that will p- give you the greatest dividends in terms of the number of marks you gain from mm. the time that you put into your revision so yeah that's how I direct people to go <laughs>
1: okay magic well thank you so much for your time today Lucy and um I know that um the subscribers uh, to the the podcast are gonna have, get a, a heck of a lot out of that. Um if you'd like to know more about what Lucy does, um, get a book or even work with her, you can visit her at www.lifemorextraordinary.com. I I got that right, didn't I the web address? Yep, yeah,
2: yeah, that's okay. absolutely right and the Great.
1: book is called The 10-Step Guide to Acing Every Exam You Ever Take. Okay, that's, so that is um, a, available at all, all good online book retailers and hopefully offline as well. Yeah. Thanks very much for your time, Lucy. Greatly appreciated. And hopefully we'll have you back on the podcast at some point in the near future.
2: Thanks for having me, Nick.
1: Bye. Bye.
2: Bye.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.